In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and now your host in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. It is a June edition, our first foray into June of the Capital Golf Gang, and we are remote locations this week. But thank you for joining us. Just a crisp threesome today. Myself, John Ronis, Director of Golf at River Creek, and Mr. John Gould, the Executive Director of the Middle Atlantic PGA. Boys, how are we doing? Fantastic. Doing well. How are you? Doing good. I asked, uh, I asked today... Mr. Gould, I asked Ronis, I said, how's, uh, how's the course, how's the facility? And he said one word, zoo. And that's a <laughs> good thing. It. That's a good thing, meaning people are, out there, people are out there playing golf, and your response, Mr. Ronis, was simply, I don't know what happened. And I said, I don't either, but I love it and I hate it. I love it that our game we love is thriving. I love it that courses are able to be profitable and people have jobs, but I also hate the fact it's hard to get a tee time. I don't know if people have jobs. I really, I'm doubting whether people actually, well, they might have jobs, but they don't go to work. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't want to get into your staffing weeds yeah. on this one, but you get my point is that I'm happy the game is thriving. But I guess the yeah. the thing to start with, uh, Mr. Gould, and you watch the numbers your association does as well as the National mm -hmm. Golf Foundation, we are not seeing the dreaded, feared post-pandemic fall-off many people predicted. It's exa exactly right. We, we all assumed we were going to ride this wave for a little while, and then it would go back to kind of normal. People would start doing other things. And the answer is people realized how important outdoor activity was to them and how golf fit that so well because you can do it with your whole family if you want or you can mm -hmm. use it to get away from your family if you want mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah it's, it's it's turned out to be you know obviously nobody wanted a pandemic but it has really turned out to emphasize golf in people's lives again and to the point where ronis just mentioned where hey uh you know i don't need to go to work on thursday i'll, I'll work from home and i'll get nine holes in or i'll play and then i'll come back and get to my my emails and, you know, it's definitely been a change in uh, emphasis for golf. For sure. It's almost like it's this year is another bump. And it's interesting because if you kind of look at it, we had the bump of people getting into the game. And now I actually think it's a, now another bump of people being more serious with the game, buying more equipment and things like that who are very new. And now they're actually hooked. And yeah. it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, see. we all know. We all know we can get hooked. And yeah. what's great is everybody else is now figuring that out too. That man, I, you know, during COVID, I every Friday I would I would play golf uh, in the morning, and then I would come back and check my my emails. Well, now I'm doing it Monday and Friday. Now yeah. I'm doing it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yep. Right. Exactly. Well, at net, you know, I got to give a shout out to my guy Jason Paul, the director of golf, GM over there at Westfields, my favorite public course yep. out in Clifton. PGA. PGA right. of America member, John, uh, Jason Paul. And he has been very gracious in being able to slot me in for a complimentary media round or even foursome when available. And so he's never said no to me. This year, Ronus, I feel more and more sheepish about even asking because I know how busy courses are and I know I'm probably taking 
$400 out of their pocket. Yeah, but listen, as a golf pro, I can tell you, as long as you know we're friends, we'll, we'll know when to say no. And you do a lot of good for just mentioning it, even on something like this. Westfield's a great facility. People should definitely go out there and play there. I've always had a great time when I've played there. So that kind of stuff will increase. You know, I have no, fun kids out here today. You know, we got to do favors every once in a while. I know. out there hitting but, his seven wood and whatever. <laughs> so. But my point is, my point is that, um, you know, it once upon a time, John Gould, if I took a tea time, it was likely to go unused. Therefore, it had a very low marginal right. cost to the course. Now, the marginal cost is closer to 100% because there's no times. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, yeah it is. The, we're, we're, it, from the business perspective, you, you nailed it. And, and what we're finding out now with our pros, and John is a perfect example, is, hey, the clubs still haven't really said, okay, we're having so many rounds let's have a few more employees. So the same, yeah. whether it's four people at the, uh, uh, at the pro shop or eight people at the pro shop, it's the same people taking care of more rounds and getting working therefore longer hours and, and getting more frustrated. So it's definitely an issue. We on the, on the business side, you know, we appreciate the, the, the rounds, whether it's daily fee or private, uh, but it is starting to have an impact on staffing. For sure. All right. Let's talk about the future of the game and something that happened last week down at Colonial, which uh, warmed my crusty old cynical man's heart. And that was Emmanuel Grillo, not just winning after an eight year drought on tour, and not just the bizarre rule situation with the ball in the aqueduct, which we'll get to with Mr. Ghoul, certified rules official, because that one flummoxed me. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But I'm talking about John Ronas, the two kids that Griot pulled over the barricade with the help of security to let him hit some golf balls with his clubs just minutes before the biggest playoff of his career. Incredible. It was awesome. It was awesome to see. And, you know, we actually, in one of our quick nine questions, uh, a couple weeks ago we said, you're struggling with your – yes. you just played your first 18. Would you have a cheeseburger and a beer or whatever? And – I believe there's a couple reasons. One, I think he probably believes in karma, right? You know, you do something good, maybe it'll come back to you. And we look for anything advantage you can get when you're in competition. And two, it was a way for him to relax. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's great. He, I, he actually I mentioned great. that he got his head out of his he got out, get out of his own head with that. You know, it wasn't he wasn't doing it to be strategic. He was doing it to be nice, but in the end what he think happened was he stopped stressing about making double on 18 and just got back yeah. to why he played golf. It might have been a bit of both, even though I probably didn't want to admit to it being a touch strategic. He also said that longtime Spanish pro Jose Cocheras did something similar for him back when he was a kid, and it left an impression on him. I can't remember ever seeing something like this on the PGA Tour. Can you guys? No. No, I no, not, would, in, not would, in this situation. Right. What's so unique, and I think you just mentioned it, John, in the situation was because he finished earlier and he was hitting balls not on the range, but on the first hole or tenth hole, I'm not sure, um, because that's all they left, you know, for the for the playoff participants to warm up on. The two kids were the only kids there. They, I mean, if you look at the picture, they're the only buddy and only people in the picture. 
which, you know, was unique. Like if there was a wall of kids, he's not picking two kids out to come help. Right. He's going to disappoint 98 kids. Right. But right. it was two kids and their dad. They were the only ones around and they were closer to the action because they weren't on the range. So like all of that worked together to allow them to stunned. do that. They were stunned. The father's yeah. like, ha, 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 ha. He goes, are you serious? <laughs> right. When he points at him like, hey, you want to hit balls? They probably turn around like, what, me? Wait, who are you talking to yeah, right, right now? And right. he let and, him. And probably that, that Cocheris thing is really what made it. Because would a, would a pro think of that? Hey, I'm sitting here kind of wasting time, but warming up. I'm, I screwed up 18. I'm going to be playoff. There's two kids over there. Unless he already had the idea in his head from Cocheris doing that for him. I, I don't know if it would have happened. Yeah. All right. My kids. And what are the kid, I mean, the kid could have taken it right off the shaft. Oh, could have done a lot of things. The one kid was a lefty, and he turned around cross-handed and hit it righty. That's, oh, my goodness. I, <laughs> I know. And both kids had the biggest smiles, the widest eyes. They had tournament hats that had literally a signature probably of every player in the field. <laughs> you know, those right. kids that go to golf tournaments. But yeah. it reminds me of the fact that, you know, my daughters are grown. And I love them to death, 24 and 21. And I didn't have young boys, but the way that young boys dream in sports, and young girls for that matter as well, is a sight and a wonder to behold. So when I get that visceral reminder and I see it in the flesh of this, you know, these kids just dreaming wide eyed, like, oh my God, the pro who just screwed the pooch on 18, who's going to be in a playoff, asked me to hit some balls in front of him. What a moment! This is what inspires the next generation. Andy brought him in after he won the playoff, brought him into the clubhouse and all that stuff. So that was really cool, too. <laughs> now, now every father is going to expect, aren't they? They're like, hey, we're, right. hey, we should hang out by the range. You know, we might be able to, <laughs> someone yeah. might pull us on. You know, John Rahm might say, hey, kid, you want to come over here and some balls? Well, like I said, you know, the range is so far usually from, you know, where they're hitting balls is so far from where they're, the uh, first tee public is, is. yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's so that it was so unique that that it was a first tee situation where the usually have the the barriers are a lot closer to the tee box, you know. Whereas range, they're sixty seventy yards away when they're hitting balls. Yeah. Now let's get to the ruling that affected Griot on eighteen, where he hit his ball right into what was deemed a water hazard, but for those that didn't see it, it was a concrete sort of drainage area. That ran the a length calvert. of the hole, a calvert, I guess would be the term. Thank you, John. And it had active running water in it, but not much, about a half an inch of water, just enough to push the ball of Griot downstream continuously for darn near five or six minutes. I think it was about 120 yards total before he decided, okay, I'm going to pull the plug on this. I'm going to go drop it up where it last crossed the hazard. What were his options, and who designs that as an actual hazard? It's concrete. Well, it's. I, I think it was water drainage, and they said, "Man, we just keep losing, uh, you know, ground and, and erosion and stuff because this is where the water drains, and they just put concrete under it." I think that's okay. Uh, uh, or, so or why not it deem it? There. So why not deem it to be like cart path? Well, because you know the definition of a of a penalty area or our old definition of hazard was a a ditch for you know a drainage right. ditch, and that's what it is. Just because it has concrete under it has okay it makes Ro- it different. Ronus, have you ever seen any hazard or a penalty area like this? 
Uh, I mean, they have a lot of them in California because they have these things, like especially um, Southern California. That, that is these, true. These things all over the place that are just, you know, it's just their best way of, of getting, they have massive amounts of rain when they have it and then they don't have times right. where there's any rain. Um, and, you know, I mean, creeks and everything become really, really ugly after a while. So uh, sometimes they just like John said, a road to the point where you just have to put a permanent structure. And so, yeah, I've seen it and it is always interesting because if there is most of the time, there's no water in it, believe it or not. If there is water in it, that ball's not going to stop uh, rolling down the river. Yeah. So well, and it, and it, and it didn't. Now what I didn't know at first was that you could choose Mr. Ghoul, either the point it crossed or where it comes to rest or a third choice which was to actually hit a moving golf ball. It's the one time, I guess, in the rules in which you're allowed to strike a moving ball. Am I correct? Uh, it's actually not the only time, but you just need to think about uh, the situation uh, and why that's in there. You know, so the, a fundamental rule is you can't hit a moving ball, right? And we have one for uh, that more common is the ball overhanging the lip. Right where you you can't hit a uh, you know you can't hit a moving ball. Well, the ball's kind of slowly revolving on the lip. And so you get into a standoff. And so the exception that they put in there is, okay, after 10 seconds, we deem it to not be moving. We don't okay. say it's not moving. We just say by rule, it's now not moving and you can hit it because otherwise we got to wait three, five, seven minutes. Okay. And you know, we're never going to do there. So this but is the on, other exception. Okay. Go ahead. So there's only two exceptions. The, the one is in the water or on the lip of the hole on dry ground or grass. You may never, ever hit a moving ball, no matter how steep the slope, no matter how bare the ground, correct? Well, the other, uh, I would say that it's, it's not an exception, but if, if you started your swing and it starts moving and you hit it, you are not deemed to be moving, hitting a moving ball. Really? What if you know, your yeah. stance yeah, I mean, if it's moving. What if your stance was deemed to have caused it to move? Well, if it didn't move until you started your swing, I think you're you're, you're oh, gonna get up, get okay. Up, get free. Yeah. So once you start your swing, that shuts the window, the betting window yeah, on. Yeah, you're if, not... it, if it moves, Got correct. It. Okay, correct. so in water, so, so in this case, yeah. yeah. So I mean, just think about you know, obviously this was a very uh, uh, detail. You know, this detail of this was, was very unique in that you could see it moving in concrete. But just picture. You're in a. You're just off the green. You're in a bit of water, but there's enough current in the water that you see the ball kind of vacillating back and forth. But it's playable, right? Yeah. And so this rule just just makes it say, hey, it's moving a little bit, but we're going to allow you to play it because it's in water and there's a current and there's you know uh, action in the water that makes the ball kind of vacillate back and forth. That's probably more commonly going to be used in this case where you got a concrete calvert and it's rolling yards at a time and you know certainly you'd have to be pretty talented to be able to hit it quote unquote while it's moving because it's moving feet per second in this case the most common cases it's it's kind of moving back and forth in, in a you know in right. a puddle or, or or hazard nearby and we just want you to be able to play that's why these exceptions are in there you know there's some situations that are caused by nature whether it's overhanging the ball the lip or it's in water where the ball's not quite still, and if right. you say you can't hit a moving ball and the ball's not quite still, we, we're, at a, we're at a standoff. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be patently unfair to, to say that you may not strike a gently moving ball in a very shallow creek that you know you could get in there with one foot and whack it out, getting all muddy, right. just because it's moving. I could definitely see that happening. So, But right. the other option is this thing rolls down and it's heading down towards, you know, it could go 200 yards towards the hole. 
and come to rest in a little gravel patch or uh, the, the creek bed becomes dry, you play from there. Right. He, had, had, the, had the water not been moving against him, like if it yep. had been flowing the other direction and there was an opening further downstream, he could have gotten the break of a lifetime depending on where the ball had ended up. Sure, sure. Now right, the, right. Only, the only, only thing is he can't unduly delay play. So if it's moving an inch an hour, and yeah. you're like, well, I'm just going to wait until it gets all the way to the green, you know, obviously that's, that's undue. Delay okay. Delay. All right. What about a foot an hour? Yeah. No. Here we go. <laughs> See? No. All right. <laughs> what if yeah. it is What if it is? Is rolling so slow, but you can see it's rolling? I guess you can't You have to wait. maintain your position. Right. To maintain that, your that, position. That's why it so. doesn't say unduly de- delay play by four okay. minutes or more. It's, it's yeah. an answer that it's, we'll know it when we see it. Right. It's a, we're not going to try to define this because it's so rare that it happens. Well, anyway, yeah. he, right. he chose the option to take it where it last crossed, and it ended up making double bogey, uh, but bounded back from that and won for the first time uh, in eight years. I don't know what the TV ratings were for Colonial. It didn't have a they lot of low. the they were low, didn't have a lot of the stars. But TV ratings aren't the end-all, be-all. I still think those kind of stories and that kind of viral clip is still better for the game than the live event that we did not go to at Trump National D.C. last week, which got apparently abysmally low TV ratings. They had a smattering of fans out there that I saw. And even when the stars aren't out on the PGA Tour, it has a legitimacy to it that makes you say, okay, this is worth watching, even if nobody does. I had my uh, we had a bunch of tickets rolling around here at the shop, and uh, a couple of my assistants went. And so the first thing I said, uh, Matt Ryan, I said, what you, what, "Tell me, I'm going to talk about this on the radio. Tell me what you yeah. think." He goes, "It was weird. Really it was weird." And he's like a younger, he's younger than I am, and he's he likes the music and clubs and stuff like that. And he goes, "The music was so loud, it was overwhelming." And he said, it's just, it's not really, you don't think of it as a golf tournament. You just think of, this is what I can, I like lobster, but I wonder sometimes if I just really like the butter, the conduit yes. of butter on lobster. Yes, and me I think too. golf is the, is, the, is the conduit to the recreation that goes on for the live event, where it's the other way around in the PGA Tour. You know, Ronis, it's exactly what I had, a, one of our staff went, uh, and he said, I felt like I was at a community music festival uh, and, you know, around the clubhouse where the drinking and the, and the music was. And he said, if you went out to like the fifth hole or sixth hole, on, and he said there was nobody there. Absolutely wow. nobody. Like literally he was the only one out there. And he said up. what was also really weird was the, because of the shotgun, it was so anticlimactic at the end. They, yeah. You know, they did have the winner finished on 18, but you know, people finishing on six and nine and, yeah. and uh, you know, just made it very weird. But he That's what my said, guy said. He said it's there weren't many people there, but if those were there were all by the clubhouse, you know, within yeah. two, three holes of the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah, I just, I think the music, there's three things that immediately I said, these are not additive features of your venture. Greg, not that he asked me, but in my mind I said this. The boom boxes the shorts, and the shotgun start. They add nothing, in my opinion, to your product, and they only detract. And I'm wondering, of those three, how many in the next year, assuming the tour continues on, will be the first one to get thrown overboard to go, yeah, you know what, we're not doing that anymore. 
I, I have to believe the shotgun. Okay. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, okay. they're, not, they're never getting rid of music and, and shorts because that's their stick. You know, golf but louder. So, you know, they can't lose the They shtick. can't lose the music, although that's yeah. their shtick. It would seem to be very annoying, but okay, whatever. So uh, the net-net on Greal is a good win for him. Know the rules about, you know, what your options are in a Calvert. And, uh, God, they should have shut the water off before they played the event because that was yeah. weird. <laughs> Whatever it yeah. was dry down there, wasn't it? Where was the water coming from? Where'd they play? Colonial. In Colonial. Oh, in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, but it know. looked it looked dry uh, otherwise. And and they they are about to redo the course, so they pushed the greens to the limit on the final two days because they knew they'd blow them up. Yeah, we've seen that a couple times oh, that's now. Where, yeah, they, yeah, they did it Memorial yeah. a couple right. of years ago. And they, they literally the bulldozers come in the next day. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool if you don't have to keep greens alive, right? No, I mean, it's exactly. the easiest thing in the world for the superintendent. Let's just break yep. it out and done. <laughs> cutting, the greens, cutting the greens to 14 on the stip, easy. Keeping them alive, right. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very hard. Coming up, we'll play a quick nine. Speaking of Memorial and Nicholas, that's where the tour is this week. And Jack has taken a hard, clear stance on the live guys and the Ryder Cup. We will kick it around. It is the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more. And get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, a foursome of men with tight pants, tighter wallets, and vanity handicaps. We're back, Capital Golf Gang, on remote locations today, just a threesome. Myself, John Ronas, John Gould, thank you for joining us. Let's get to a quick nine, fellas. Here we go. Hole number one. How early is too early to show up for a round at a private club where you've been invited to play. I'm going to go with lunch? And, and, you, Oh, well, that's a good one, John. I, I don't usually think of the food aspect of it. <laughs> is, well, it is it one we hour? We know whose priority is whose. Is it one hour? Is it two hours? I say one hour. I say one hour max. Like that's wow. One hour is a lot. I'm, I'm going to give them 90 minutes, but two hours is definitely too long, unless you're Ooh. meeting for lunch. Like if you're meeting for 11 o'clock lunch for a 1 o'clock tea time, Perfectly fine. What if you're not going to uh, absorb any costs of food and beverage, but you would like to be at this nice club, chip and putt and hit balls? You're telling me then still only 90 minutes? Yes. Wow. I'm That's what they don't minutes. want you to do. I'm not going 90 minutes. Okay. Because uh, I was invited to play a private club here in uh, Wisconsin, Hidden Glen, designed by P.B. Die, And boy, people <laughs> have thoughts about that guy. Yeah. Uh, but it was in incredible shape. The weather was beyond primo nice. 
and our tea time wasn't until 10 o'clock on Memorial Day Monday. I had nothing to do. I thought about getting there at like 7 a.m. And then oh, I thought, <laughs> don't you people have homes? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I, I just thought, you know, how early is too early? So that's interesting. I think the answer is two hours, unless you're invited Ooh. specifically for lunch. Follow-up question. You say 90 minutes, school, and you say an hour. Yeah, bonus. two hours is two hours I'm, is I'm too much. Hours 90 minutes is fine. It. Got it. I like okay. 45 minutes. Okay. Now here's a corollary. Your host departs after the round, you stay afterwards. How long mm-hmm. are you allowed to stay afterwards? Zero minutes. Zero yeah, point zero. zero. You're not a member. What Only if, in the bar. What if he said stay in the bar. Okay, what if he says feel free to hang around and chip and putt if you want? It's not actually his not his right. Mm, interesting. Okay. Fair enough. Good to good to clarify. Hole number two. <laughs> Jack Nicholas has taken a hard line stance on live guys in the Ryder Cup. This is going to be an ongoing sore uh, on our feet, a burr on our side all summer until the teams are announced. At his memorial press conference, basically Nicholas said, look, they made their choice. They went where they went, and we don't think about it much too much anymore. I don't think they should be on the Ryder Cup team. Meanwhile, John Rahm said very eloquently and passionately, it should should be just about the best players in the world against the best players in the world. We shouldn't let, quote, politics into it. Where do you stand on both those men? And my bigger question is, how much punch does Nicholas's voice have these days? I don't think Nicholas's voice has much punch anymore, um, unfortunately. Um, And I hate to say it this way because it's just such a cop-out. I think they're both somewhat right. I really do. Really? I think that, yeah. How can they both both be right? Well, because I think for the sport, I think for the sport itself, the holistic part of the sport, then I believe that, that the best players should play in this exhibition match. I think for the tours and the well-being of the entertainment aspect of the game of golf, um, I agree with more with Nicholas. You made your choice. You're no longer part of the PGA Tour, and therefore you shouldn't be part of any of these things. So if you look at it in those two different ways, I think you can see it two different ways. That made in, in, in terms of the voice, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to agree that he doesn't have much punch, except with the, with the exception of when he agrees with Tiger, like with the with the ball rollback. I think the the old best ever and the new best ever, if they agree, then that's pretty much the way I would go, right? Uh, so um, you know, he does have some pull when when he's also uh, you know with Tiger on that. I think that's very powerful for the, right. the new. I, They're my two favorite players to ever walk the planet, maybe in any sport. Rom is and Rom is, a, com- is next no, to no, Nick. No. Oh, sorry. Nicholas and Tiger. Tiger. Oh, and I disagree with both of them on the ball rule. Oh, okay, on the ball rule. Yeah, well, that's a separate yeah. thing. Let's yeah, let's that's get allowed, but yeah. All right, let's get out of the weeds on that and back to Rom. The one word Rom used that I wanted to take not, not issue with, but I wanted to highlight. He said they should leave politics out of this, and my thought was John. This is not politics. This is war. Like, this is a business war. And there will be casualties and there will be prisoners of war. It is what it is. It's a serious threat to the PGA Tour model. So I don't think it's a politics thing. It's not just being petty. It's literally a split, not unlike, and I thought about other splits in other sports over the years, Reggie White, Jim Kelly, 
uh, uh, who else yeah, played in the USFL? Good Herschel player, Walker. Herschel Walker. I mean, these guys. Flutie. Yeah, flu. These guys played in the USFL because the USFL came out and declared war on the NFL, and it was ugly and it was weird and it was pointless and it ended eventually, but they didn't play in the NFL in their spare time because the USFL was in the spring. Same thing for the cart IRL split at Indianapolis with the 500. I know Ronnie, if you were here, would talk our ears off about that, but that's another thing where the best drivers were, some say needlessly kept out of the event because they had a dispute over how they were going to run the great American race. So there was that I'm thinking, you know, even in trivial things like WWF and WCW, you know, these are rival wrestling outfits where they weren't going to play nice and share the star talent. The tour has unfortunately just found itself in the same spot. And the, and the Ryder cup is an extension of the tour in a way, even though they don't own it. So guess what? I just think Nicholas is right. They went where they went. They did what they did. There's your bed. Snuggle up. Yeah, I would say in general, I agree with that. And, and, and to highlight the point you just made, the tour doesn't own the Ryder Cup. That's the PGA of America, my organization. And, and that's what's going to make it so interesting. If it was, if it was the President's Cup, there's no question, you know, wh- which the tour owns. There's no question how this would go. Yeah, and, and the interesting have, thing is, how's it going I mean, look, I, I would like these guys punished for everything for taking that money too. But <clears throat> sometimes you have to look at it in, in a couple different ways. Yeah, that's true. If no, I, I agree. Is, and, I, and and there's a points list, and Kepka's second on the list. Yeah. Now at this point, I don't think there's Just any go way by the official world right? to keep them off. Yeah, you go yeah. by official world rankings, and and they're going to slip away anyways. Those people. So right. we won't have to worry about it. Well, I, I was asked by a guy I played with this weekend who I hadn't seen in a long time, and he asked me my, you know, stance on the live tour, and I thought I need to get a laminated index card with my unified live stance because I said, well, I have a lot of sort of contradicting, you know, opinions on it and tentacles. I said, on the one hand, for certain players that like the forty plus X Ryder Cup guys on the European side, McDowell, Poulter, etc., great move for them. Grab the cash. You're at the end of your career. I get it. I said, I think the product is junk. It doesn't appeal to me. I said, I think it's got a pile of money, but no legs in the end. It's a 747 loaded with gold that won't clear the trees at the end of the runway, no matter how long the runway is. And I think a lot of the players who are on the fence that took the money made a calculated decision of, I'll take the money now, I'll get kicked out of the church, and I'll figure out the rest later. And I think that's a defensible stance if you're in that borderline area as a star. My one feeling is Mickelson was the guy poised to be the next Arnold Palmer, and he should not have done it because his reputation is now straight in the tank. Yeah, I mean, let's that's face it. That's my unified come, take. Yeah, it's too long. You're going to need it. it can, Got to shorten it up. Condense that to Reader's Digest. DLDR. What's your, all right, <laughs> yeah. what's your unified take on the live? Elevator pitch my, me. 30 seconds. Go. Exactly what you said at the end. Look, these guys made their choice for money, only for money. Don't say it's any other reason. And they have to de- deal with the consequences. Simple as that. Whatever the consequences are, and will I'm it okay work? with them. Will the Live Tour be around in 10 years? The Live Tour will not be around. All right. Cool. 100% I'll bet on that. Cool. Your, your unified take on the Live. Same thing as, as Ronis. Okay. You, you made the choice. You, you, you knew going in you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be on the live tour and get benefits from the PGA tour or the Ryder cup. 
Go take your money and be All happy. Right. Nobody's going to blame you. Just do it. Speaking of Ryder Cups, hole number three, quick nine. What is the best team versus team, casual or club event that pits guys against each other a designation that you have ever heard of? For example, someone said to me, they're like, oh, I got a Ryder Cup event with some guys at the club and this, that, and the other. I go, oh, I said, what are the teams? He goes, oh, it's, uh, it's eight on eight. I go, no, no, no. How do you separate the teams? How do you group them, right? Sometimes it's border. It's Virginia versus Maryland, Potomac Cup, or firefighters yep. versus cops, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Get this. I'd never heard this before. This, this is brilliant. He goes, oh, that. He goes, it's hookers versus slicers. Excellent. Excellent. That's outstanding. I said, team picture of both of them. I said, said, wow. I said, and you have guys with reliable enough ball flights that you're able to parse them out. He goes, oh, yeah. (laughs) And I then started to think, who would I bet on in a club match, Ryder Cup, hookers versus slicers? God, it's crazy, right? Because we see, like, you, you always sit there trying to hit a draw your whole life. But when you have the hooks, it's something nasty. Oh, oh it's it's a yeah, wild mother. ride. Is, yeah. Oh, God. But a, slice, but a slice is terrible as well because under pressure, you get even more reluctant to right. deliver you that right hand. You farther left and you hit it farther it, right. Yes. And you know what? It's a longer time watching the ball fly far away. <laughs> the hook just dives into the ground. It's over. The slice just... Oh no, that one's gone. Have you heard what what is the best team versus team designation you've heard for a casual I'll, I'll, rider? I'll Cup go first style here, Zabe. Uh, so we uh, we have a great uh, junior rider cup. Uh, we call the Capital Cup, but it is Maryland Virginia, uh, similar to your Potomac Cup, which was awesome. But since it's no longer, I'm not going to include it. Uh, but it, so we've got 12 juniors uh, against 12 juniors, 12 juniors from Maryland against 12 juniors from Virginia, with qualifying. The whole deal, uh, you know, flags, opening ceremonies are really cool. Plug, I think tell, on this radio show captained that team. Yeah. Yeah. John Ronas I think you're right. To a, vic- <laughs> to a victory, remember. right? No, we lost. Oh, okay. Right. We didn't bring that up. By <laughs> the way, tell, tell people how they could get their kids signed up for that, by the way. Well, if you go to the website at uh, uh, mapga.com on the junior golf uh, section, uh, there's uh, two qualifiers in for the Maryland team, two qualifiers for the Virginia team. And we also have our Junior PGA Championship, uh, which is a qualifier for the National Junior PGA Championship. But uh, the top four from that that uh, Junior PGA Championship uh, are also going to make their respective teams, no matter where they're from, Maryland or Virginia. Okay. So what is the one that you heard of? In my old days, this, is, this isn't really, I mean, a competition thing but in my old days we had these French guys who came down and played in the league and once a year they had the drywallers these guys did drywall all day long oh and they played against the literal bricklayers drywallers versus bricklayers that's drywallers fantastic. versus bricklayers drywallers would come in every league night they'd be covered in that white mud stuff and then and the and the the bricklayers if you shook their hands it was crush you special. you could cut your hands <laughs> that's it was great amazing. yeah was amazing. i have heard of old guys versus young guys so yeah. over 40 under 40 my parents lived in england and uh when i went over to visit they had a Ryder cup match literally the the u.s expats there who were over there working 
against the English members ah. of the club. That was a fun Nice. Game. All right. Nice. Uh, look forward to suggestions at zabedyahoo.com of unique designations. Yeah. Okay, hole number four. Have you seen the story of the college girls golf team who got emergency team members who had never played golf before to play in a tournament that they needed to have enough golfers for to keep their status. And one of the gals recorded a 276. I repeat, a 276 for 18 holes. Have you yep. seen that story? And no, I'll ask, no. I'll ask this simple <clears throat> question. Is it a feel-good story or an abomination? Abomination. It's okay. Sad. Really? Okay, Ronis, you, didn't, you didn't read the story. Gould, did you read the story? No, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the story. Okay. Well, it's painted by this long piece by Shane Ryan in Golf Digest. The headline is, The Grinders Who Saved a College Golf Team. And this is, yeah. uh, it, it's the USA South Conference Championship. And it's a long piece, and it was TLDR. I didn't have the patience. It was basically like, look, they had lost a couple gals to injury and illness, and they needed to field a full team, and so they were going to get DQ'd and uh, be bounced. So and get DQ'd? Well, I think it was more Did they than... win? No. Are they going to lose the golf We didn't read the story, so it's, it's hard But... But the, the email went out to the 1,400 members of the student body at Meredith, Meredith College saying, calling all golfers, looking for golfers, joining, join the Avenging Angels golf team for a semester of fun, stress-free golf events, looking for golfers able to give 8 to 10 hours per week into practice and training. Some experience is required in knowing how to get around the golf course and basic etiquette. Class absences are excused with your proper notification to professors. Medical clearance through the training staff is required. You'll be guided in that process, yada, yada, yada. The coach yeah. is former Maryland coach Jimmy Hamilton. Well, he's doing a bad job. <laughs> wow. We don't even know the details of this. I thought you guys would have no, been all over this story. He's than that. He's doing a bad job. He's just doing a bad job. The whole program needs to start over if you're calling people up like that. I don't have to read the, the, the article on that one. It's just Or drop the program. All right, down to three that's, players. That's Hamilton down to three players. Hamilton managed to recruit a tennis player to join the team for the rest of fall events, and Meredith survived through the winter break. But the reprieve didn't last long. The tennis player couldn't continue in the spring. One of his remaining juniors came down with mono, and then two weeks to go until the first tournament. His active roster was down to two. At that point, yep. the team had only played two events. They needed three more to qualify for the conference championship. He said we would have been on some kind of probation going forward as far as being a qualified NCAA team. That's where they sent the call out and recruited two spunky gals, one of whom recorded a 276. Sarah Marshall yep. is her name. You're saying that's yep. not a feel-good story. That's an abomination. Saving Sarah Marshall? <laughs> yes, 100% abomination. How was the pace of play there? How did it affect the other players out on the golf course? Because you were selfish enough to say that you were going to get some sort of probation. You shouldn't have a program. The probation should be, let's stop for two years. Because someone's paying tuition to that school, so they'll fund a program of like that that wastes gas to drive to a tournament unacceptable they said there was tops and whiffs and a bunch of mm -hmm. other stuff in there to get to 276 as an yeah, official score. In that group yep. just, no concern so for the rest of the field uh, fire fire the coach 
drop the program for two years, start over. Yeah. On uh, there, uh, the other gal, Macy K. Aok, uh, shot one fifty eight. Yeah, great. <laughs> okay, there you go. Got it under ten per hole. Okay, hole number five. Where would you stand on an ironic big letter golf hat? You know how courses now all have the big letter golf hat? You probably have one at River Creek that says Creek, right? I do. Yeah. Some people love them, like my boy Gitter. Other people like me just go, okay, whatever. To each their own. But I joked with the boys. I said, I'm going to make my own big letter golf hat. You know what it's going to say? Golf hat. Where do you stand on an ironic making fun of it big letter golf hat? There's there's a million of them out there with weird saying and sayings and stuff on there, but I think I think it's great. Why not? Room for so it. so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, make one up. To each their own. Yeah, I'm gonna make one up. It says golf hat or just or hat. Just hat. <laughs> just yeah. hat. You're missing a hat. you're missing a great of a branding mark slash marketing opportunity. You just need a Zabe hat. Would, those things would go like hotcakes. Yeah. Hats. Giant great. letters. Like letters giant you can letters. see a big, from. A big Z. <laughs> How many from, times do they have Zs on these big hats? You know, that would be awesome. It's Z's. probably a letter premium because it's not a standard one. Seat. They print the A's and the B's and the E's left and right. It's the Z that kills yeah. you. I got a good T-shirt, Dave. Sure. That that like the Got Milk thing. It's going to be a Titleist shirt, and it's on the front. It's going to say, "Whose balls do you play?" Dot dot dot, and on the back with, and it'll be like a Titleist or yeah. a Callaway or something, just something like that. Okay, all right, we'll work on that. Hole number yeah. six. Where do you stand on sixums or fivesums? So they are unacceptable, except for when approved. So <laughs> I have trained the zoo animals here at River Creek. They're actually good guys, but. Um, they have groups of sometimes playing fivesomes. Um, they know their place. They know when they can do it. They play very fast. And But they are nice enough. I say nice enough, although it took some training. Every time they want to play in a fivesome, they have to approve it with the golf shop staff. And the reason being is because at some point, someone's going to see them from three holes over and say, why is there a fivesome out there? They're slowing down the course. Right. Well, they're not. So that's how we work it here. So fivesomes are cool. Sixsomes, never. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, the answer is always it depends, right? What's your course? I mean, if as we talked about at the beginning of the show, when your course is busy and you're churning out four people every ten minutes, there ain't no room for five some or six them. But if uh, you know it's Tuesday afternoon and the course is empty, you know, and then you guys want to play as a six, most courses are going to say, "Hey, it's it's fine now." To John's point, as long as they're checking in and understanding what the dynamic of that day is and they're not they're not screwing it up for everybody once again back to the college golf thing let's think of everybody else on the golf course uh we can make it work you know it, it, it depends yeah at this very nice club i played at we played in the fivesome behind another regular fivesome and we played in four hours and 15 minutes i believe jordan plays in eightsomes down at the grove their carts are going 72 miles an hour and they're playing in eightsomes, and they play in, I would say, two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, but they say that they make certain exceptions at this club. At uh, another course that uh, is a proud sponsor of my show, Fairways of Woodside, uh, the owner, Rob McDonald, great guy, very outside-the-box thinker, says, sure, if, it, if, it, if people want to come and play a sixsome, depending on the course traffic time of day, I'll say, sure, go out there and have a good time. We'll keep an eye on them to make sure that they're not holding things up. 
But his number one thing is, hey, get people playing the game and capture that revenue. Sure. Yep. Okay. Hole number seven. Speaking of sixums, J.B. Holmes was in the news this week because he played in a scramble called the Gangsome Scramble in, I want to say, Tennessee. And it's a six-man scramble that allows you to bring any player you want. It's just you only had the ability to bring two low handicaps, like under 2.0 handicaps. And J.B. Holmes is still a PGA Tour pro. He's not making many cuts right now at age 41, but was on two Ryder Cup teams and won them. And he entered the tournament as Jonathan Bradley because that's what the J.B. stands for. The team, of course, won, which, by the way, I'm thinking in a six Ronis. How much yeah. worth is players four, five, and six when you've got J.B. Holmes on your team? Yeah, none, none. <laughs> um, and Just a few they, more putts at that 20-foot putt. Uh, right, and they won the Calcutta, which is like $30,000, before people found out, wait a minute, is that J.B. Holmes? They still let Holmes and the team keep their trophies for the win, but they stripped them of the Calcutta money. And technically, they did not violate any rules, but they certainly broke the spirit of it because they sneaked a tour pro in there. On a scale of one to ten, outrageous. Okay, they did? How? Oh, yeah, because he entered as an 8.1 handicap. But he didn't. No, he didn't. That was a misprint. No, they looked up. The pro shop staff looked up Jonathan Bradley and found a guy 90 miles away named Jonathan Bradley (laughs) who had an 8.1. Okay, but he, I, didn't, I don't he, think, didn't, he didn't submit as an eight point one. But as a okay. scramble, I don't. I think I don't think they used the handicaps. I think they might have just they been. Yeah, yeah. It so, was just yeah. to determine if you had two low handicappers. Okay, and in this case, he was the only low handicapper. Yeah, okay. he was yeah. plus four or whatever he was. So and right. and when people like got mad about it, like you douchebags, JB Holmes tweeted a picture of the silly little trophy from the Gangsome scramble in between his two replica Ryder cups. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I what a what a Todd! Like, really? I I don't know what to make of this. I've eaten dinner with JB. I think he you said have about five words. Yeah, because Terry Riley's his agent. Oh, okay. And, and Terry Terry loves the guy, but he's got some quirks. He's not a deep thinker. Survived brain cancer, no, by the no, way. I've always way liked. Put it. I've always liked JB Holmes, and I, first of all, I don't really care. I will not feign any outrage. Because of one simple reason. What is a six-man scramble? That yeah. a scramble alone is 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 golf's devil child. I hate them with every ounce of my being. But a six-person scramble is even worse. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, you you almost have to birdie slash eagle every hole. And that's and the scores were like 20 under for a round. So they, they you know, that's what it seems. But why did they disqualify yeah. him then if the handicap was right? No, nah, they, well, they, they didn't. They, they, didn't they, they let them keep the trophy. So, they didn't let them keep the Calcutta money. Yeah. Why? So I, I have no problem, you know, as you said, they really did nothing wrong other than they hid who he was, right? If, if they would have said it was J.B. Holmes playing and entered, they would have been fine because he was the only low handicap. Right. And for the tournament, it was, hey, these are the rules. We're, we're not playing with handicaps, but you can only have two low handicappers. He was the only one. They could have won and have no problem. The, the Where I have the issue is the Calcutta, which obviously is not 
legal under USDA auspices, but it happens a lot. And that's where it was misleading. You know, somebody bought the team I saw for, for 5000 bucks, so they kind of slow played it. They did not buy their own team, but, you know, most Calcutta's, you're, you, you get an opportunity to buy a piece of your own team if someone else buys it, and that's what they did. So that's where I think that the only, and it's not illegal, and it's not against the spirit of the rules or anything like that because they were entitled to play. I just think in the Calcutta, they misled people. Yes. And, that, and I think appropriately, they just that got is correct. dropped from the Calcutta. That's, and, yeah. And, you know, the, the tournament was the tournament. Because if, if. And then, yeah, and why didn't he use his last name? And what was he trying to pull? I, I mean, what, what I, we, there's a lot of right. layers of, of there confusion is. The, and yeah. idiocy. It, it, confusion, douchebaggery, and skullduggery. Uh, right. Not right. to mention the abomination that is a six person scramble, which I can't even get my head around. Right. But. I, I agree, Ghoul, that you can't have a Calcutta where people are basing their bids on who are your players. And if they said clearly, this is J.B. Holmes, you know, that J.B. Holmes tour player, their price is going to go through the roof in the Calcutta. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Golf, it's something else. Hole number eight. <laughs> Somebody asked me recently, is Trump National D.C., because they saw the live event, is it a good course? I said, yeah. Kind of, sort of, for what it is. I then said, yeah, it's very good conditions, obviously. Trump, you know, it's very insistent on having the finest, the finest of everything. It does have some river views, but I explained how I wish there was more trees on the interior part of the course, kind of bare for my liking. And I said, also, the problem with the Potomac River is it's not very scenic. You know, it's wide, it's muddy. And there's a lot of logs that pile up along the banks, which I consider to be a bit of an eyesore. What would you call Trump National D.C., boys? I would call it the weak sister to River Creek Club. Yay! <laughs> of course. We are, we're about three miles up the river. Um, we do not get that pile up of the logs that Trump gets. We also have topography where we have the Balls Bluff. Um, the famous Battle of Balls Bluff, where we have some hills. And that's the only problem with Trump is that he's on a flat floodplain. Um, yes. And he, yes, he did cut all the trees down. So, you know, yes, the Potomac River isn't that scenic, but any river from a, from a vantage point up in the air is scenic. Well, any pond, any river. And yeah. we have that at River Creek, which Lansdowne and Trump don't have. But it is, it's a beautiful condition golf course. And it's a nice clubhouse. So, um, but again, when I talk about because we're, we're done when they're talking about memberships at here or Trump, we have photography that they can't, they can't boast. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, the, the scenes at River Creek, and the course winds up into the hills and through the woods, mm -hmm. and through a, a development, so it's a much different style of course. Ghoul, how would you describe yeah. Trump National, D.C.? Yeah, kind of. I mean, definitely great conditions. Uh, you know, some really spectacular views, either from up on top of the hill at the clubhouse, down to the water, or, or coming back you know, from the water towards the the clubhouse. I think what people don't realize about that is because and it's because of the no trees. I mean, I, I've been in the section for 28 years. We've had three events stop because of wind. All three at Trump. Mm. One of them was wow. the senior PGA where they they um, had to delay play because you know the, it's good conditions with you know quick greens. Well, when you get the wind howling and nothing blocking it. You know, you just can't keep balls on the greens. And so uh, it, 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 it's never happened at any other place. Uh, but they're um, – and they're very accommodating to host events and have been since back in the Lowe's Island days. But um, it's just, you know, the the wind is a major impact. I'm surprised. I, I, I mean, I, I actually didn't watch it, but 
Uh, I didn't hear anything about the wind being a problem for the Live Tour event, so maybe they got uh, All right. fortunate without All too right. much wind. 30-second exit question, then we'll take one last break, come back and mop things up. How hot is too hot to play golf? It's never too hot for me. I just I don't get affected that much by the heat. And I love to see the glove turn blue because it starts to sweat. It means that I'm about to go low, which these days is maybe you know bogey golf. But that's <laughs> I love I love that. So for me, it's it's not too hot. Sounds ever. like a Florida boy, ghoul. Yeah, I'm such a pansy. I have a I have a, uh, a window from like 70 degrees to about 85, and that's that's. Oh really God. Now. That is a that is a temperature strike zone that even Angel Hernandez would say. Come on, man. Yeah. It's a little bit exaggerated, but uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm around golf so much, and I'm on the course a lot, not playing when it's hot. Obviously, you know, officiating our events and yeah. junior events and the like, right. uh, where I don't have a choice whether to be there. So, that, because of that, I think I only choose to play when I'm going to be nice and comfortable. Yeah. The answer is it's never too hot, Ronas, but I always reserve the right to complain. Once it on there. Fair enough. Damn, it is hot out here. God and bless the bugs, America. The bugs out oh, here. the bugs and everything. Yeah. All right. One last segment to go here. Capital Golf Gang on remote locations presented by Golfdom. Uh, we'll be back uh, to mop things up right after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, Washington, D.C.'s radio golf authority for over 15 years. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who will knock your lights out if you dare to ask for a gluten-free hot dog at the turn. We are back. Capital Golf Gang will be back at Golfdom uh, next week. Uh, John Rodas, John Gould joining me today via remote locations. We covered a lot of good ground today. Let's go ahead and uh, do some tap-ins and some uh, putt-outs here and just put a bow on this thing and call it a day. What's going on, boys? Two things that I have to say, just uh, we get into the hot weather now here in the mid-Atlantic, it's humid. Just do me a favor and take extra, extra time at your golf course. I don't care if it's a public golf course or your private golf course to fix your divots and uh, replace your divots, fix your ball marks, and just try your best to help out the superintendent who's just going into a zone for the next two months that you would never, ever imagine. just please help them out there. And then the other thing is we go into member guest season this time of year. Be careful out there, guys. Let's not overindulge to the point where you fall out of a cart or roll a cart. Let's live to see the next member guest. And um, that's my public service announcement. Those are two good tips right there. Week. Two good tips. Yeah, I like that. Mr. Uh, Ghoul. Yeah, I love it, Ronis. Uh, so uh, it's the uh, kids are getting out of school. Uh, my daughter graduated. Congratulations to her. Uh, and uh, it's time for junior golf season. So that yeah. could be – uh, playing at your club at like River Creek. It could be playing on our MAPGA Junior Tour. 
which is about 40 events across the section. Uh, Maryland, Best tour out there. Yeah, thank you. Could be drive, chip, and putt. You know, just starting, and you're hitting nine shots, three chips, three drives, three putts. Or junior league uh, in terms of, you know, playing a team format, team scramble, kind of being able to rely on your partner on, in some cases. So any of that, uh, go to MAPGA.com to get uh, registered. We'd love to see your kids uh, expand uh, their horizons. Uh, maybe they've played at their golf course. Now they want to play at other golf courses or against other kids. And we want to accommodate them and, and get them out playing golf because those are going to be, you know, hopefully 20 years from now, we're still talking about the boom because they're playing. All right. Yeah. Very good. Fellas, a pleasure. As always, we'll reconvene. Uh, the Super Friends will join forces in person uh, next week for the Capital Golf Gang. Uh, good luck out there as things get really heat, heated up in the Mid-Atlantic in the month of June. And we will talk to you boys next week. Thanks. This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all an extra large. So yeah, thanks for the shirts. Thanks for the shirts.